Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels and I am here with Chris Moses. And today is Wednesday, February 20th, right? It's the 20th? Okay. 21st. 21st. Okay. Anyway, it is uh, Denise and Chris. So, um, and today we're going to talk about the introduction to your book, okay? Yeah. So, I'm just going to ask you some questions and we'll see where this goes, all right? Okay. And it probably won't. Probably won't take a whole hour unless you know you have questions or whatever afterwards. Okay. Good. So, um, I, you know, and I may incorporate some stuff from the overview in terms of, you know, who the target market is and how it's going to be different or better, you know. But I'm going to kind of ask you those questions again since it was a while since we wrote that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, who do you feel is the ideal person to read your book? The ideal person to read the book is probably folks that are, I don't know, I'd say first with CEOs and CHOs, but after reading chapters one through four, I think it's kind of gone down to uh, corporate employees and, and CHOs and CEOs. Anybody who leads somebody, how about that? Anybody who leads somebody, okay. All right. And what are the problems or the reasons why they need your book, and your book will make their life a little better. There's a lot of people unwittingly self-inflict insanity into their lives by thinking they're doing something right, but they're doing it wrong. And the book points out, and I think in strong detail, not great detail, but strong detail, tells you some of the insane stuff that goes on and how to fix it and why you shouldn't be doing these things. Okay. Why do you think people, like, don't notice it? Do you think they do the same kind of insanity at home? They probably do, yeah. They they come in, yell at their kids, and yell at the wife and their husband. And they think that's going to make people move and shake, and it's not. Right, right. Okay. And let me ask you this, Chris. Of all the things you've done in your life and everything, like, why write a book? Because over the last 20-plus years, the insanity just keeps getting worse and worse. And somebody has to call it out and try to help those put an end to it who want to put an end to it. Some people like living in an insane world, but those who work for them don't. Right. And, And why do you think it's gotten worse and worse? Because... Leaders don't want to approach it. They're, they're afraid to correct the actions. They're, they're. I think in one of the chapters, they're endorsing this behavior by doing nothing. They're endorsing the the insanity. They are yes. By not stopping it, not correcting it, not putting any positive or negative consequences, they're letting it go on and on. Right. So, I mean, you could have taken your, you know, when you left the corporate world, I mean, you could have just, you know, kept going after your Fortune 500 clients and stuff like that, you know. But writing a book, I mean, it's a big, you know, it it takes a lot to write a book, you know. So you must be really dedicated to the idea of helping these people have a better work life, a better professional life. I think, yeah, I think you, you'll end up working less hours, adding more value if you change your behavior from the insane to more of a sane environment. And I, right. I think right now I'm the only chief sanity officer in the world. You're the only what? Chief sanity officer. 
chief sanity officer in the world. Okay, good. And when did you realize in your, you know, 20-year work career before starting your own consultancy, when did you realize, you know what, this is insane and somebody's got to change it? I think I it really, I, I guess, resonated with me back in 06 when I was a director, when I was able to see all levels of the organization and work with all levels very closely to see what people were doing and the behaviors that they had. I think I participated in it a little bit, quite a bit more before that time because I thought that was what was acceptable and how you're supposed to conduct yourself in business. Right. And can you give me an example of what was going on that, like, just sort of set it off, you know, and and made you go, wait a minute, this ain't right? I think all the the, the things that, that set it off, I... I saw a lot of folks, even on my team when I just started, just just the backstabbing, the the storytelling, um, doing all these things that that didn't help the team out. But it maybe it made them feel better, but it actually hurt them and hurt the team. So that just being a leader of a of a bigger team and witnessing this, and then also since I was director of compensation. HRS and business intelligence, I got to see it throughout the whole organization, go to lots of meetings, and so many people would come up to me and say, hey, did you know this? And in my mind, it was, no, I didn't know that, but why should I care? It doesn't help me add value. All it does is help you be a good storyteller. And it doesn't help the other person that they're talking about. Can you hold one second? Don't go anywhere. This is my counsel. Sure. You there? Yep. Sorry about that. That that was my accountant that was supposed to call me at 9:45 and never did. I had him from 9:45 to 10:15. Okay. Like, no, I'm on the phone with somebody more important than you. You got to go away. Reschedule. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. That was very nice of you. There you go. Anyway. Well, we were talking about how you started noticing it and going. You know what? This doesn't add value, right? It was. I started noticing. First, it was the backstabbing. Then it was the gossiping. And then I was in meetings where people were yelling at each other. And then people would leave the meetings, and like ten minutes later, I would watch the people who were getting yelled at go tell everybody else how they got yelled at and how they got cheated and screwed and how upset they were. And I was thinking, wow, that person who's yelling to motivate their team did the complete opposite. They lowered the value. The person's not doing anything. If you read Chapter 1, uh, again, it's like on page 5 or 6 where I, get, tells, I retold the story about the restaurant, but I made it into a story I heard from a number of executives where a boss brings in a ton of people from all over the world, sits there and yells at them, and then after the meeting, they do nothing. So you, you lost sales, you lost time, you lost revenue, you lost value. And we willingly did that, and nobody is telling these leaders who are losing the value of the organization to stop doing that. Maybe they're afraid of it. Maybe they just think that's acceptable in business. Maybe not adding value is acceptable in business in that company. It's just weird. As a shareholder, if it's a publicly traded company and they act insane, 
I'd be upset if I knew how they ran their business because I knew that they weren't adding the most value they could to me, the shareholder. Right. I I, I always heard it called uh, office politics. Office politics. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't office politics. It's, it's part of the insanity part, but you could have office politics that are, are positive, how, how we treat each other, how we talk, how we politic each other. But then you have the, the negative stuff. And then things like yelling at people. I don't know if it's politics. That's just being a bully, I think. Right. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's what they always called it was office politics. It's like, oh, you better go along with this person. Oh, avoid that person. You know? Yeah, and, and it's true. And it, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yep, I agree. And it's unfortunate. If you have somebody on your team or within a company that people are saying avoid that person, which I've seen it many times, why do you have that person involved? They need to, everybody should be approachable. Everybody should be able to add value. And if you're like, oh, avoid that person, they're going to hurt you, or they're going to decrease your value, or they're just useless. Okay, then why are they there? Why is nobody telling them this? Right, right, right. So, you know, the book has like three major parts to it, which is facts, finesse and fun and my question about facts that's going to sound pretty obvious but at any rate but I, I just want to touch on the three of them just kind of briefly um, and that is um, how do facts help reduce the insanity in the workplace when you when you lead with facts on what's going on the, there's not a whole lot of emotion behind it the fact is just the fact there's there's no happy, no sad, it's just a fact. And that gets you discussing where you are and where you want to be and getting to this place of sanity, the sanitytopia, I guess. So it's it's that objectivity, you know, that helps, right? Yeah. If the fact is that you're yelling at people and you're decreasing their value and they're going out of the meeting and not doing anything, that's a fact. I mean, don't get emotional because it's you're yelling. The fact is you're yelling. But the fact is that you're not talking to your employees, and that's a fact. Or the fact because you won't correct your employees because this is you're afraid of the person, you're endorsing it. That's just the fact. Right. So that's really interesting. It's like they're willing to yell at the person, you know, to get them to straighten up and fly right, but they're not willing to tell them the facts. Well, maybe they're telling, maybe in their mind they're telling them the facts by yelling at them, but the method of delivery is insane. It's just not getting through. It's not getting through because they're they're not hearing you. Oh, what their their emotions go from I'm listening to absorb to, oh my God, I can't believe this person's yelling at me. What do I do? What's that? Uh, fight or flight? And in their mind right. they fly. They think of how do I get out of the situation? Right. Okay. And how do you feel that, um, I'm, I'm jumping forward, um, how do you feel that finesse helps reduce the insanity in the workplace? It gives you other options on how to, how to work together, how to, be, how to make things better, how to finesse things. Right. So things like being honest and being respectful. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just so basic. It's it's what? It's so basic. Basic, yes. It's it's so basic and and it's so foreign too to people. Like honesty, wow, I can't be honest with them. I'm gonna hurt their feelings. No, you're gonna yeah. hurt their career if you don't be honest with them. What are you really hurting? Where do you think that comes from? That idea that well, if I'm honest with them, I'm gonna hurt their feelings. I think over the years, from like. And I, I'm not a psychologist, but from the the early days up to now, we we transitioned to a society where we just want to protect each other and hug each other and pat each other on the back, and everybody gets a trophy. But and, and, and <laughs> I hate you that do that by, by making sure we don't upset anybody. Right, right. And it, I would. I think people should be more upset that people aren't honest with them when they have flaws and they have issues 
than upset if they tell them the truth. I'd be, I'm so upset when people don't tell me the truth. It's, it's just a fact. I want to know how I'm doing. I go to my customers and I say, how is my team doing? I have an expectation they're going to tell me. Now, some customers will say, if, if something's going bad, which is every company has a time when things don't go well, and they kind of sugarcoat it, I mean, I, I just, I don't like it. Uh, I have to read through the sugarcoating because I want to provide the best service that I can. And I can't do that if you're not honest with me. Right. Um, yeah, no kidding. What if you went, what so, if you went anyway. to your doctor? And your doctor, doctors are honest. I like doctors because they're paid to be honest. They say, yeah, you're overweight, you're obese, you have high blood pressure. Here's your blood pressure numbers. Here's your cholesterol number. They give you exact numbers to tell you how bad you are. Or you're pre-cancerous. Kind of you know, pre-cancerous. Yeah. You're showing symptoms of dementia. Here's why. And they give you the exact facts. No emotion. Here it is. Your blood pressure is 180 over 120. You're eating too much bacon and you're fat. Stop doing all those things and your blood pressure will come down. It's all facts, no emotion. How would people feel if they went to the doctor and they said, well, you're kind of healthy, but hey, good job. I'll see you next year. They never go bad. Right. There's no value to it. There's no value unless your doctor tells you exactly what's wrong with you. And if the doctor doesn't tell you what's wrong with you, then you go to another doctor. And if you don't agree with what he tells you, you still go to another doctor. But you're looking for that value that you're paying for. And that's all companies want is value from the employees who are paying them salaries for that value. And you can't do it by being insane. What happens in the whole mix when there's an insane environment mm-hmm. and one person says enough and they're, I'm going to do it differently, I'm going to use facts, finesse, and fun. What happens? They get noticed. People will notice that you're different. At first, they'll be a little scared of you, and then they'll start flocking to you. They'll, they'll like the way that you're conducting yourself. They'll like the honesty. They'll follow you forever. They'll follow you forever. That's sure been your experience. It has been. And I'm, I am the meanest, ugliest boss you'll ever get. But I'm the most fun. I do use a lot of finesse, and I'm not insane. I, I had a, I'm sorry to put this in the book, but I had a meeting with, with Cynthia where she didn't take care of Corning Incorporated. I think we lost that client. And she kept not acknowledging it. And I finally told her, I said, Cynthia, you completely screwed up. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You won't admit it. You got to admit this stuff so we can move forward. This was, and she got all mad and started crying and left the office. She calls me up 20 minutes later in the car and says, fine, you're right. And then she, I mean, she's been fine ever since. And she at least appreciates the feedback because now she's not doing it. If I let her get away with it, would I lose another customer? Yeah. With my benefit. <laughs> Can't do that. I get paid by the customer. Same with Chick-fil-A, for example. Have you been to Chick-fil-A? I've been, it's been many years, but, yeah, I've been to Chick-fil-A. We just don't have Chick-fil-A. it close to us, you know. Yeah, they, they have a whole, like, I, I guess it's a Bible of customer service and how they treat, treat each other, treat the customers, and people flock to Chick-fil-A. They're one of the most profitable fast food franchises in the world, and they're only open six days a week selling chicken sandwiches because they're staying <laughs> You know who's comparable to that? And and um, well, I guess they're all over the country, but they're mostly up and down the West Coast. Is In and Out Burger? Yeah, you know? they're saying also. They are the nicest. You know, you're just in the drive-through. It's like, you know, they're the nicest people. You know. Yeah. That's that's what they expect. Is a no confusion on how you treat your customers with companies. If you go to other fast food restaurants, I don't know, McDonald's maybe, uh, you, you you don't know what you're going to get. Depends on what, how it's like involved you're, it's like you're at the, when you go to McDonald's, it's like you're at the post office. It's like everybody's <laughs> in a bad mood. You, you know? <laughs> the post office, the DMV, <laughs> the yeah, right. government right. agency. Right. And finally, you know, the last section of the book is all about fun. All right. 
And, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of CEOs who would say, fun, wait a minute, they're supposed to be working. How does fun help my bottom line? Well, fun, the, the entire experience becomes fun and entertaining. I, I, you know, I personally have fun with Microsoft Excel or Access or building presentations because I know it's an insane environment. You know what you're going to get. When you have an environment like that, and the, the going out with your team, the bowling, and all the other stuff that, that you do, yeah, that's fun, but that also makes the team dynamic so that when you're actually doing your job, if you're in a job that you want to be in, it's going to be fun. If you take, like, the insane approach, I just yelled at you in a meeting, go do this Excel file for me. It's not fun because you just got yelled at. Most of right. say, we went out and we had dinner or we got popsicles or did something goofy and enjoyed each other's company and we have a meeting, hey, let's go build this file, let's rock the planet. Well, then it's fun. I'm building the exact same file in just in two different environments, a sane environment and an insane environment. Insane, my job's no fun. Sane, the team's fun, and my work's fun. Right. So you said earlier, you said, I'm the meanest boss ever. It's like, wait a minute, you know, why do you say you're the meanest boss ever? Well, I don't, I, 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 <laughs> in some people's eyes who don't understand sanity will think that my directness doesn't fit their culture because it's mean. It, it, you shouldn't be direct with people like that. But then go back to the doctor example. Why wouldn't you want to be direct with people? And it's you're direct on the positive and the negative. If somebody's doing a great job, you got to be direct with the boss and say, yeah, you're doing a great job. Here it is. Let's go get pizza or something. If they're not doing a good job, let's be direct. And then then it comes across that you're being mean because you're telling Cynthia that she's doing a horrible job she's using a customer. Well, now she's working at Freeman Company. She's sitting in the VP of compensation. She's doing a great job. And now I tell her every day, you're doing a great job. Let's talk about it. Let's go through stuff. We did some files this morning. She's excited. I'm excited. The customer's excited. It's a fun environment. She's doing great. That's, that's cool. That's cool. I, I remember just a short time ago, you were talking about, like, getting in with treatment. You know what I mean? It's like, that's awesome. So, yeah. anyway, if you could, Chris, wave a magic wand and change corporate America, all right? You know, like the vast expanse, right, of corporate America, what would you want to create? I would like, ever seen the movie Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey? Yes, years ago. He's, okay, and then yeah. he gets, uh, somebody hits him on the head or potions them where he can't tell a lie. I would mm-hmm. make it so all these people had to tell each other the truth on how they're really doing and how they can add value. And if somebody's not performing, that the managers would be honest and say, you're not performing, how can I help? Let me just tell them how they can help. Managers, you as a leader of a company is there to help your team become better. If you're not talking and being honest, you can't do that. Right, right. And as readers read the pages of Total and Total Sanity Revolution, um, they will discover how to do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And by the way, when you when you open my file, I kind of changed the name. Nobody likes Sanity Revolution. Nobody likes Sanity Revolution? Nobody in my network liked it. They all hated it. So then oh, I, okay. Well, we better not do it then. <laughs> well, we kept it. It's, it's similar. So okay. What you come up with? Well, these leaders, they said it's really a game. How do you play the game of Sanity? How do you become better at it? And so now the title is The Sanity Game. Oh, that's cute. A game is like a a softer, more fun, easier thing than a revolution. Yeah, it's and that's really what you're doing every day is you're playing a game. You're playing it with your friends, your coworkers, and how do I get better at today? How do I make today how do I win today? And you can't win in an insane environment. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Good. Good, good. So um, anything else you want to make sure that, you know, I mean, we've got it in 
all the chapters. But anything else you want to say about why people in corporate America who are leaders, who lead people, why they should pick up your book and read it and apply it? Because, hmm, why well, I just pick it up? Because I'm a good-looking guy, I'm losing weight, I'm just healthy. <laughs> you have good taste uh, in whiskey. <laughs> good whiskey, yeah, decreasing there, actually. Um, I want white flowers. And I think they need to figure out how to make more people win. If, if you're, I don't know if you remember back to your old days when you were first out of college, maybe, and you worked somewhere and they had Employee of the Month programs, Okay. Yes, I remember that? Employee of the Month program. Sure, they got a parking spot and a few yeah, other little it's things. Most irritating program and most insane program ever invented. You have 100 people in your company and one person wins. So you have 99 losers and one winner. Being part of the sanity game is how to get more people to be the Employee of the Month. Why not have 99 Employee of the Month and one loser? You got to think of how to how to build that environment where. More people win, you celebrate more wins. You can't do it while you yell at each other. You can't do it what? Well, you, you can't say you're, you're winning while you, you yell at each other. It's like the old, I think it was an Aubrey Daniels who said it, it's tough to go to a party and celebrate if you've been beat up on the way to the party. Right, right, yeah. Um, what would you say is an example of the best or most significant or most value-added transformation that you created in the workplace? That I created? Well, mm. that you maybe, maybe implemented or started in a workplace. I think... The most transformational thing that impacted the most people, I think, was at when at Advanced Auto Aid. I was going to say that I didn't want to lead you, but that would have been that would have been my guess well, too. I don't know if it's the book, but we we looked at the facts on on budgets and found out people were gaming the budgeting system, and we were paying people bonuses for achieving results less than last year because their budget was less less than last year. And we told the investor groups that, hey, we're here to grow. We're going to grow the company. But if you're budgeting less than last year and paying for it, you're not really growing. So it was kind of like that little nugget that we found. We changed the bonus system where we only paid for growth. If you pay, if you grew $1, you end up getting, I think, it was 7.5 cents. You get more or less depending on some other criteria. And then we, we changed the reviews to, to have inspire, serve, and grow. So we could tell people this is how we want you to treat each other. And so we, we, we use facts. Here's the facts. We want to grow the company. You're not growing. There's no yelling. It was just a fact. And this is how we want you to treat each other. This is kind of like the finesse. And then with the fun is after everything was said and done, we had a lot of people that were making a lot of money. We had $100,000 store managers. At that time, the average store manager made $40,000. We had a guy make over 100000 We had district managers making $200,000, which is twice the market level. They were having a lot of fun. But just by, right. by doing that, we transformed the whole company. The company went from a growth of, I think, 1% or 1.3% up to 8%. And that was just in a few months because the, the, the focus changed. Right. Right. Okay. All and right. It so, yeah, yeah. So I think that's good for the introduction. We've got. You know, we've got examples, and it's kind of an overview of the book and all that. So, anyway, that's good. Um, any questions you have for me at the moment? No, not, not really. I just got to get back onto the, the book and uh, reading through the chapters. I think they, they okay. read well. I'm just changing. Yeah. Oh, the one thing, so I, I, I shared some of the chapters with a, about 10 different people, gave a little segments, and said, tell okay. me what you think. And... Half of the people, executive leaders, said, hey, you need to change your writing style. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you use a whole lot of conjunctions. And then you use the word God a lot, the word stupid. Those really aren't executive words. And if that's what your target market is, you're going to turn them off. 
So I, if you were, when you go through chapter one through four, I pretty much get rid of all the conjunctions. I may have left one stupid in there. Do you, do you mean uh, when you say when you say conjunction? What do you mean by conjunction? Don't, can't, won't, shouldn't, haven't. Oh, you know what? There, there. Uh, well, I mean, you can do whatever you want, and and it's easy to change those. Okay. Yeah. But I the, the thing is, is that fifteen years ago. That person, 10 years ago even, that person would be right, okay? And they're called contractions, by the way, all right? Oh, contractions. But, I'm yeah. not an English guy. Now, I mean, and you can, you know, you can do it the way you want, but I made on purpose to put lots of contractions in there because that's, that's what's modern. That's what's now, you know? Now, the, the, including things like stupid and whatever is because you kind of wanted that Larry wing it in your face style. Yeah, yeah, I did. Correct. So well, I, I still have a comment of that. I just have a different word. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's, it's up to you. It's always your book, you know. And I mean, if you want to change contractions from don't back to do not, you're welcome to do that. But that's kind of considered kind of old school now. You know, oh, it is? So, well, it's, it's yeah. funny you say it because all the people I asked who are high-level executives are 45 and above, so that makes sense. Okay. All right. right. Well, okay. I mean, you know, we can change that. I, I, I won't change. Uh, chapter 5 and beyond, I'll leave it alone, and then we I can change the other ones back at some point. Okay. Now, did you give people, you know, like your beta testers, did you give them, like, the whole – manuscript to read or did you give them like a couple chapters or I, I, I just gave them one chapter you gave them one chapter okay all right. just to all right. their opinion, if I was going in the right direction uh, all the reviews and I know these people so that I think they are being honest but they they said that it was entertained to read it sounds like me speaking and uh, they get the cross right Right, but yeah, like when I wrote, you know, my book, which came out in 2005, so we're now talking almost 13 years ago, it's like there's no contractions at all, you know. It's only been in the last couple of years that, you know, I have learned it's like now now you do contractions, you know. I, I mean, unless you want to have this more formal style, and I removed, you know, like there were lots of places you know, when I had the transcript and it would say do not and I change it to don't or is not and I change it to isn't, you know, and I, I, I mean, you know, I purposefully put contractions in there because that's kind of modern now, you know. Okay. So it's up, it's up to you if you want to be modern or be more old school, you know. I'm formally yelling at these people in the book. I can do that. What's that? I'm I'm formally yelling at these people in the book. You're formally yelling at them. Okay. Um, we can do that. You know, one thing I was wondering about is, like, you name a lot of people, you know, and you name them in a positive way, but I don't know if you're, you know, like, asking them, is it okay if I include your name in the book? Should I? I, you know, even if it's, like, positive, I think to, like, cover your CYA, I think it would be a good idea to, you know, and, like, get it in writing. Like, even if you send them an email and say, you know, hey, I've written a book. I've included you. It's a very positive context. Maybe you want to copy and paste a paragraph so they get an example. You know, are you are you comfortable with your name being in my book, you know? I I don't I don't know why someone would would be upset by it, but I just feel like it's a CYA thing. And then in other instances where you had somebody like you had someone named Felicia, you know, yeah, and it wasn't very flattering. It's like if you know, it's like if you're if nobody's following you, then you're not leading, you know, which is great. I like that. But anyway, like I changed the names of people where you were less than flattering. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that. Yeah. 
Right. And then also things like advanced auto parts and Home Depot and stuff like that. I noticed the one company where we don't use their name at all is Solera, you know. Um, But at any rate, I need one thing I need to go through is make sure that all of them have like the little registered trademark thing after the name of the company, you know. So anyway. Well, I was was taking company names out. What do you think about that? Should I have no company names in there? Um, You know, at first when you were doing the company names, I was kind of like a little bit nervous about it, you know, but I think afterwards it does give kind of this picture of, you know, kind of a wide-ranging view of sort of corporate America. You know, okay. so it was like at first I didn't like it, you know, but now I kind of do like it, you know, and and okay. most of the most of the things in there are pretty, po- you know, they're pretty positive mm-hmm. about the companies, you know, like I say, we, you know, we don't, we don't mention, uh, you know, the name of Solera and, and, and I think it's okay to go in and say, you know, when I started working with this company, you know, this was messed up or this was a problem, and here's how we fixed it, it's like, okay, so the results were positive, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the one company where I re- I recall it's like it doesn't seem to turn to a positive, um, into a positive is there was like this chemical company that started in business in 1887, and you said they're not going to change, you know. So, anyway. Um, okay. You know, that, well, I would, that I would one, take out the whole thing. I would I'd like to take out that it's even a chemical company. I would just say a company. Yeah. You know, you could just say a chemical company. I mean, they're not going to know. Is it Dow or is it, you know, yeah. whoever, whoever, you know. But when I get to it, I'll take a look at it. I've, I've changed some stuff where I've changed, I've, I may have changed the names maybe. Because the names were too close to the person's name. Okay. All right. And then I took out, took out some stories that Tony would just. Uh, it was more of me digging at Tony than adding value to the book. And, so and I, took out I think that's. I think that's a really mature place for you to arrive at because when we started this, it was <sighs> like I'm doing this to piss Tony off, you know, and I just would kind of like <laughs> I would just kind of like you know, let those comments, you know, roll by and, and everything. Um, but, you know, I mean, it seemed to be that's what you wanted. But I'm really relieved that you've kind of, like, rolled past that and, um, you know, well, still, to the There's plenty of stuff in there that if you read the book, you'll notice it's him. But I, there's something in, I think, Chapter 4 maybe that was just like a complete F you, Tony, you're an idiot, here's why. But it really didn't add value to chapter four, and like that. That's the thing, you know. That's the thing is is looking for does this add value to the book? Does this does this help the reader? You know, and I think to use examples of Tony, obviously without the name and everything, so you don't invite a lawsuit. Um, you know, I think is valuable because he's an example of how bad it can get. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, and then that one story you told me, at, like, at one of our last weeks where, you know, this guy thinks it's going to be, and you use the term rainbows and candy land, which I used in, I think it's chapter 12, um, you used in there, you know, and then everybody's, like, screaming at each other, and then they look at the new guy and say, welcome to the company. Or, yes. I think I changed it to welcome aboard, you know, because they always say that, like you're stepping onto a ship, welcome aboard, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, that's a good story. I mean, that thing, that works in with that chapter. It does. It does. It is a good story, you know. But but I'm glad that you're looking at the Tony stuff in light of does it add value, you know, rather than it's like, okay, it's great that you got it off your chest, but the more important oh, thing is, therapy. does it, yeah, <laughs> does it add, you know, that's the most important thing is does it add value, you know. So, anyway, all right. So, how about we do this again next week? Is that okay with you? Yeah, works for me. Yeah, anything um, new with Kevin with the uh, book cover? 
No, I've, I've not reached out to him yet. He, I, I'm fine with just the design part. We just have to change the words on it. And then he needs to know how big the book's going to be. We don't know that yet. Yeah, we'll, let, we'll him know as, let him know as soon as possible because that really changes things for him in terms of the um, of the cover design and everything. You know, because I know it seems like, oh, it's only one word, but it's like game is only four letters and revolution is what, like ten letters or something. So it's, um, you know, it's going to change possibly like fonts and, you know, different stuff. What do you think about Sanity Game? Do you think the Sanity Game, and actually let me open it up, hold on, I'll read it to you. Oh, 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 oh. I changed the sub thing too. Okay, hold on. Look manuscript. Control home. Okay, so the sanity game, transform your work and life and win the game of sanity. The sanity game, say the subtitle again. Transform your work and life and win the game of sanity. I like that. I like transform. I like work and life, and I like the idea of winning. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Well, so far, we've gone through a couple of renditions of it, and my network of folks like that one the best. Nobody said okay. no to that one. They, 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 a bunch of us said no to the revolution. Like what, One guy said, what do you think, you're the Beatles now? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, well... You know, and it's good for you to, um, you know, do like a little market research like you're doing and do it with people who you feel are like in your target market, you know. So anyway, and, you know, I really appreciate the comment from the guy that said you're using contractions, you know, but it's like the world has changed. So anyway. Okay. We'll work on it. We'll put the contractions back in. It's easy to find since you're, since you're, you know, I mean, you're not copying at all, but you, you, you know, one thing you told me at the very beginning is you, you kind of, sort of wanted to model after um, Larry Winget a little bit, you know, and I would skim through one of his books and see does he use a lot of contractions? Because I'll bet he does. He probably does. I can just get, I'll open something up on my computer. Everyone's manuscripts. Uh, I'm, I'm the softer side of Larry. Well, one of his one of his sort of more business oriented books because I know he's got books on like parenting and like the the book about you know what's wrong with damn well everything that could be politics you know I mean I haven't read yeah. it yet but his big thing is personal responsibility so it's all about you being responsible for you. I think the the game is more about you as a leader and being responsible for your team. Right. Right. So, yeah. Speaking of our next project, one one of the buddies said to me, hey, this is good stuff for the manager level people. And so even employees, they could like speak up and coach the manager. So it worked there. Your next book, should be a short version, 50 pages or so, and called The Sandy Game. And then underneath it put Employee Handbook, where you talk directly to the employees. The Employee Handbook for uh, entry level newbies. <laughs> something, I don't know. Yeah, you know? Something like a, a stamp or something that said Employee Handbook, so it's like a corporate employee handbook. But then inside, talk to the employee about how they're supposed to really act in the company and make like a real handbook as opposed to all the corporate policies and BS. Yeah, and usually the usually the corporate handbook is kind of, you know, they got stuff in there about um, certain policies and how the benefits work and you know things of that yeah. nature. But it's really nothing about like how you're supposed to behave. You know, yeah. I sure I sure wish when I got out of college I had had something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, me too. So I mean that would that would be kind of targeted towards, 
you know, the millennial crowd, which is a little bit younger crowd than than this book is, but that's okay. Yeah, he said if you if you want to get a book into corporations, you got to write something for the employees. And then he referenced that if you look at a lot of the books that Walmart and all these other big companies buy for their managers and employees, it's books like The Fred Factor, which talks about leadership. And these other like things, you don't need a title to be a leader. That's the thing where Mark Sandberg got a lot of his money from is writing a book that a company wants to give to all their employees. Right, right. So, yeah, so um, yeah, it's funny because I wrote a book for, well, I didn't write it. He was a coaching, coaching and editing client. But at any rate, one of the books that he absolutely loved was, uh, he was like an older millennial, like, you know, um, I would say he's 38 now you know, like maybe one year ahead of the millennials. Um, but anyway, he loved The Fred Factor. I mean, he just oh. thought it was one of the greatest books ever. So Yeah. Well, one minute yeah. manager. All right. Well, let's finish the introduction and that. And, you know, if you want, we can get started on the next one. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, you want to do... Wednesday at 10 o'clock? Yep, that works. Okay. All right, cool. I'll put you down. Thank you very much. And hey, have before a you leave, hey, yes? before you leave, I just got a text message from Cynthia. Yes. Let me read it to you. Okay, good. All right. It's just blah, 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 blah. Then Athena says, and you have made me into a mini you. That's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's, See you later. That's Bye. cute. All right. Take care. Have a good week. You too. All right. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.